Wiggle and light up fun of heroic proportions. Shake us and we flash bright colors. Build your Wibbly Buddy superhero team today. Headstrom. Ball Bounce and Sport Incorporated. Headstrom, Ashland, Ohio. 44805. 800-765-9665. www.headstrom.com. Visit us on Facebook or Twitter. Marvel. Dear listener to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. We built this random. We built this (laughs) random on banter. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me, tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Listen up, Jefferson Starship. I guess that pun actually just works with your name. I was trying to find a way to pun it. I couldn't because the pun's already there. So, Jefferson Starship, rebuilding a city. I see what you did there. I see what you did. You think you're so clever. You ain't that clever. I'm sorry. Not happening today. Uh-uh. I see through you, <laughs> Jefferson Starship. There you go. There's a starship. Up in the sky, there's all the rebuilding being done. You got it in one. Nicely done, my friend. Yes, I did. Thank you. Thank you very much. Behind the scenes, it has only been a week between our recordings because we were delayed a week because he was sick, my esteemed colleague Jeff. And so we recorded last week. And last week, I mentioned the fact that we were both playing Bachelors because Jeff was sick and his family was staying away from him. And I was at home alone because my family was up in Seattle. They took a train up to Seattle to go visit my in-laws. And it was all fine, except my wife kept telling me that her mom was not feeling well. So they were supposed to come back on Wednesday of last week. And I was at work down in Salem. And I get a phone call from my wife or a message from my wife saying, hey, My mom's got COVID, and guess what? I've got COVID, too. But that's okay, because we're coming back today. And I said, you're coming back on a train. Well, that's not very civic and responsible of us. So let me just go ahead and take the rest of the afternoon off from work and travel a longer distance from from if I was back at home up to Seattle to pick you up and then drive all the way back down. Mm -hmm. I did suggest to her that she should, instead of waiting at the train station to check into a hotel so she could be comfortable and away from people. So I picked her up from a hotel and then drove back to Portland. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. But then I spent the rest of the week between then and now hiding in my basement room by myself with a mask on. We wore a mask in yep. the car together on the way back home and we were masked up here and neither my daughter nor I got COVID. Excellent. That is really good to hear. I'm Yes. Very thankful for that. I, I was too. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad that Cindy Cindy picked it up from being in the out world. She had one bad day. She's kind of been struggling to get back up to full steam, but she really just managed to get through one bad day and has just been taking it easy. But while everybody else was doing enjoyable things and going out and seeing the world and traveling over this last holiday weekend, mm-hmm. yeah, we stayed inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had <laughs> a lot of that. We stayed inside. <laughs> yeah. 
We're making through, we're doing a rewatch of Lost with my daughter, and we're, we took a big old chunk out of that. Yeah, that'll do it. Dynasty. Hey, uh, COVID <laughs> so. let me catch up on a lot of TV. It was really kind of nice in that regard. Yeah, because I've been down here by myself at night. I'm just going to do something. I've been rewatching Doctor Who, so I started with <laughs> the beginning of present day Doctor Who, and I've, I'm almost to the end of the 10th Doctor. And, I realized when we were watching it that uh, there's a lot of the middle of the 10th Doctor that for somehow or another I missed. Hmm. So I'm kind of glad about doing this. I'm like, wow, I kind of missed a lot of these episodes somehow. So it's nice to be able to do this rewatch and kind of catch up and put things in more of a straight line order. Not wibbly wobbly and all broken up. Totally out of the timey-wimey. Totally out of the timey-wimey. I have been doing some geek stuff, some enjoyable stuff as I've been sitting around and doing a lot of twiddling of the thumbs. How about you? What thumb twiddling have you been doing? Well, I had the COVID and then I got better from it. So then the family was able to come back. And then shortly thereafter, I was like, man, I'm still just dragging. I'm still feeling really bad. Why am I feeling worse? Am I relapsing? No, I'm not relapsing with COVID. What I realized happened is that I then took my six-year-old and put her back into the public school system for first grade. And then she came back home. So now everybody in the house is sick with a cold. So uh, she stayed home today and she's got a fever of a 101 point something. And she's sleeping on the couch, occasionally going chicken pot pie and laying down. So we've been, she'll be staying home again tomorrow. And we've been building some Lego that I got her for her birthday, the friend's botanical garden, which is a really great kit. And just kind of all of us, lounging around going sniffle snortle we don't feel good so yay <laughs> i've asked you this question many many times before have you all thought about not being sick mm, that's a good idea that would be fun but then i'd have to get back to all those life responsibilities that are pressing on us from all sides jeff 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 you don't have life responsibility. I'm kidding. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> You'd be surprised. They're overwhelming. <laughs> I was kind of glad that my family was gone last week because I was able to just do a lot of extra work. Um, but I have my days have mostly been me sitting here, coming downstairs, sitting in this chair and not getting up except to eat lunch. And then getting up yep. later than I normally do off of work and seeing my family. And as I sit up, I'm like, I haven't moved. Yeah. All day. <laughs> I have been here doing stuff. My roots are tired. Yes. My work has cranked up to 11. And yeah, but I'm enjoying it. I really am enjoying my job. Haven't for, haven't enjoyed it this much for a long time. So it's kind of <laughs> enjoyable. Anyway, I think we should move on and talk about a comic book. Somehow or another, I did find time to make sure I reread this or at least looked at my notes from when I put this together <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> So I think I can talk about this issue. We will find out. Jeff, can you please give us a two cents replay of last episode while I really quickly reread the comic we're going to discuss? Future Franklin and Future Val travel back to the past, our present, so that Future Franklin can defeat the four mad celestials and save the life of his father, because he believes that every child deserves to have a neglectful, absent father figure. To do this, though, he needs to borrow the reality-altering cosmic power that young Franklin has stored up so that he can feed it to, and resurrect, Galactus making him the most overpowered herald that anyone has ever had, and then they soundly slapped the bejesus out of the remaining Celestials. Now that the Reed was so overjoyed at having his life saved by his son that he ended the comic by forcing young Franklin to jump off of a roof, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? Well, I've heard it said many times, many places, that the only thing that can really cure a cold is a good beer. So, Jeff, mm -hmm. reach onto that bag, open up that beer, and have some of your medicine, sir. 
It's a twin bag, and it's a bottle, and it is <laughs> created by Iron Maiden, Robinson's Trooper Light Brigade. Nice. In support of Help for Heroes. That's sweet. So very cool. That's got Eddie riding a horse with a tattered British flag while he's in a uniform. He's a trooper. He's coming to get you. And why would we do trooper? Why would we do Iron Maiden? Why would we? I'm going to say this. Take a quick look at the cover of this book, because honestly, I don't know if you're really going to get it unless you take a look at the cover. It is uh, Val and Frank playing chess, and Franklin is using his reality powers to kind of make a little castle scene and little knights and everything, a little trooper on a horse. So it ties into the cover. Uh There you go. That is very clever, my friend. That is really good. I was looking around for something that would fit in, and I saw this. I was like, I'm going to pick this up because I remembered this cover, and then he came home and was like, that matches pretty well. I think we could also get a couple of other places, too. They get a light brigade to get the entire city back together again, supporting heroes, help the heroes. There's a few other things, too. But Iron Maiden vocalist and ale aficionado Bruce Dickinson and Robinson's head brewer Martin Weeks have crafted Light Brigade, a unique interpretation of a seasonal golden ale. At 4.1% ABV, the Light Brigade is lower in ABV, but still has all the powerful flavors you'd expect from Trooper. And I noticed that in my description, flavors is spelled with a U, so we are British. Very authentic in the uh, English thing. It's got some floaters in there. And uh, my nose is still a COVID nose, so it's at about 40%, but it smells very mild to me, but very nice. Definitely a golden ale. Very nice aroma. Mm-hmm. It's got a very sweet smell to it. Uh, kind of a sugary smell, a little bit of floral in there too. From what I can smell of it, it smells really good, but it is a lovely brown amber. It is really, Ooh. really pretty looking. Very little bubble head on it. It's, hmm. Wow, that turns into something different than I was expecting. That is a very sharp taste. It's a very sharp, pointed kind of taste. You feel like you're going to get hit with a lot of hops. That doesn't happen, though. No. It actually finishes incredibly smooth and actually disappears. It does. It's surprising because it hits your tongue and it's like, I'm going to be a monster. And then it's bye and it's gone. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, I've got a neutral tongue. That's an interesting flavor profile there. It's almost like a wake up kick that hits you and then... Just goes away. I'm starting to get a little bit of metallic in the taste buds, but still, that's not bad. It's like borderline dank to begin with. Rotted, lemony kind of a flavor kind of thing. Sure. But then that just stops flat. That's really weird. It's pleasant, though. I mean, like how you said the lemon flavor. It is like a a soured lemon type of a flavor or a, a rotted lemon type of a flavor. And that sounds very bad and disgusting, but it's got those notes of lemon that are there. Yeah. Just with fermentation on it. But then, bam, it goes away. Hmm. Yeah, it goes away and it isn't overpowering. It's really pretty unique. I have this feeling that this is kind of a traditional ale that you that. would find in a pub. I would have really imagined that. That's where we get the, this very specific taste from. It's an easy drinking beer. Yeah, I like it. I enjoy it. I think it's quite fun. And I think it's going to be a pleasant and interesting little companion to kind of a bring us down transition episode here so let's get into this jeff hit me with those credits one more time baby (laughs) you bet brit ff issue number 16 may 2012 one step beyond credits writer jonathan hickman penciler nick dragota steve epting inker nick dragota steve epting colorist chris sotomayor paul mounts letterer clayton cowles 
Editor, Tom Brevoort. Featuring the Future Foundation, Valeria, Franklin Richards, Dragon Man, Wu, Vic, Mikor, Turg, Tong, Leech, Artie, Bentley, Alex, and of course the rest of the Fantastic Four, you know, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, The Thing, Human Torch, whatever. The big fight is over, and now we have to clean up the mess that we made. I hope you are talking about the comics, because I am not cleaning up that mess from last night's party. Those were your friends, not mine, and I do not know where they got the paint or those cans of Spam from. First of all, I do not have any friends, just acquaintances that are attracted to my brilliance, humor, and musical stylings. And secondly, that was not Spam, but a local small batch potted luncheon meat that is illegal to transport across state lines. I really want to move on now and talk about actual brilliance, specifically Val, who is the narrator of this book. And this means we get to know her thoughts on how this all went down and her reaction to the resolution. Get the popcorn. This will be fun. Right away, we get a short recap of what happened and the honest assessment that between the future Valeria and Frank, future Val is a second banana. Sure, you make all the plans, trick people, lie, steal, and deceive. Then you play second fiddle to some little god. <laughs> Story of my life. Franklin is not feeling the same way. He totally digs on the fact that he's going to grow up to become so awesome. Defeating space gods and getting his very own Galactus. He has always secretly wanted one of those. And that he can grow a sweet beard. One more thing that Val can't do. She could if she wanted to, and it would be great. But she doesn't want to, because beards are stupid anyways. Oh, also, she really hates her older self. And when she thinks that... Future Valeria looks her square in the eyes and says, Right back at you, kid. At her younger version. Three guys who are not dealing with present future problems are Spidey, Torchy, and Thingy. They all just want to go to sleep, but then they remember that they no longer have a home. So I guess they are having to deal with present future problems, too. Johnny really doesn't share this problem. He has a big spaceship that he can bunk down in. You know, full of demon nightmare bugs from a different dimension. Pass. Passity pass. Hard pasty pass. Sue does mention that they need to go to New York to clean up their mess that they made. But, Mom, I don't want to clean my room. And or the entirety of the whole world. Suck it up, buttercup. And while the grumbling boys head back to Manhattan, future Frank heads to space to have a chat with his Herald Galactus. This is introspection time with the big G. He has been there since the universe went, yay! And he knows that he will be there when the universe goes, meh! But now he knows that someone will be with him. And that knowledge is comforting. Sure, right now in the current timeline, that someone still has to hold a parent's hand while crossing the street. But eventually, he will be this man with fantastic hair. And he will be with Galactus on that day. In billions of years. Where nothing or no one will ever change or retcon any stories. Nope, never. Still, it's a good thing Galactus never ate the Earth. Speaking of mass destruction, cleanup efforts are continuing in New York. Even the kids are pulling carts of rubble to a portal for disposal operations. A portal? To where? The negative zone. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a scavenger society, says Johnny. And according to the new negative zone expert, this is manna from heaven. Free gold. An all-you-can-eat buffet at Golden Corral with a two-for-one card. All good in the hood. So keep on a-dumpin'. Right. Well, Little Miss Narrator is really hating being a hero. What with all the fighting and helping people and your home getting destroyed? Sure, your brilliant dad can press a button and remodel the place. But what about all your cool stuff? Like that ball of gum you had been adding pieces to for a year. Poof! Destroyed. Ew! Is that what I touched? Let it go and admire the Baxter Building version, uh, like 1,000,000.9 or something. Okay, it's still in beta version testing. Beta or not, this is lit! 
as the kids say on their talks of tickings. This version is more user-friendly, especially for the kids. Case in point, indoor ocean pool for the fish kids, who are able to finally breathe outside of those stinky helmets they're always wearing. There's also some Moloid-type holes in a special zero-gravity room, so Alex can fill at home as well. Well, that's really nice. Also in the midst of the multiple apocalypse that have occurred, and the cleanup effort, and the groveling-slash-apologizing he was doing, Reed still found some time to get out the needle and thread and sew up about, what, 14 or so new costumes? Gone are those dumb non-circle shapes. We call them hexagons here on planet Earth. And back is the number four, and a bunch of other numbers to boot. Surprise! You have all been taken to a quaint postal village patrolled by rovers and warded by the mysterious number two. I'll be seeing you. Deep cut, Mr. McGuhan. But no, they are not being cast as extras in an obscure 60s British spy show. They're just being numbered so Reed does not have to keep remembering their names. We're counting the kids to make sure that they're all there. Well... Let's do a countdown, shall we? The main cast all get fours, followed by Franklin's five, Val's six, Alex's seven, woohoo! Leech and Artie's eight and nine, the Moloids Mick, Corrin, Tongues, ten, eleven, twelve. Turg being a floating head gets nothing, nothing I say! Bentley's thirteen, which he is so stoked by. His excitement causes Val to narrate that she is going to kiss him when she is old enough. Blech! And to finish off, Woo's 14, Vil's 15, and Dragon Man doesn't need no stinking numbers. Spidey surreptitiously looks down and sees that he still just has a Techno Spider on his suit. So, uh, I guess he's also an 8? Well, he's a 10 in my book. And now that we've learned about numbers, it is time for another lesson. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I have a problem with this. I know these are superheroes, but I'm lazy. And I know when there has been just too much work. Bentley even agrees with me. Of course he does. He's evil. This is cool, so chill. They head to the roof and something happens. I think there's some type of magic glass elevator or force field or something that sciences them straight up into space. What about decompression? Distance? Heat? Pressure? Just everything associated with space travel? What about cosmic rays? You know, those things that cause those four geniuses to get their powers? Dude, comic book. I don't know what you want from me. Plausibility? Consistency? Facts? How about a pie? I like pie. And I like space, and space stations and spaceships, and that is what these impossibly floating flying people see. Yes, that list of things that Reed has been doing in the past half day also includes building a space station that is in geosynchronous orbit above the Baxter building. I hate to be that guy, but I have more questions. Are they about how Reed can afford to build something like this? Sure, we can start with that one. He tapped into Franklin's college fund. Dude is going to be a new Galactus. He does not need a bachelor of fine arts degree. No prize reasoning is accepted. Reed is explaining that this is the new classroom to study space stuff. It even has a fully stocked fridge, so juice boxes for everyone. We have a little moment with Johnny, Ben, and Peter where they check out Johnny's new ride. He be rolling in one pimped out negative zone hoopty. His new legion of bugs are helping Reed with some staffing needs in the space station. That HR department must be off the hook. But I think I will skip the potlucks. Peter is curious where Johnny is going to hang his hat. Sure, he's got the captain's quarters, but they are still decorated for Nihilus. And let me tell you, flayed skin and the heads of his vanquished foes is not really Johnny's feng shui. Peter makes some comment about how this is just too much, and he just wants to go home to his apartment. Now, apparently, this is sort of, kind of, 
if you squint your eyes and tilt your head, almost an invitation for them to be roommates, so Johnny accepts. No one is sure just what happened there. Oh, Johnny knows. Well, he is the only one. Later! It is intervention time as Val is brought in to talk to the OG Fantastic Four, plus Nathaniel and an upside-down Spider-Man, because they ran out of space in this small room. Well, they had to make sure to leave enough space for a giant stone throne for the accused to set in, and that is more important than legroom for everyone else. Shame! Shame! And as we start this kangaroo court, can I just mention that Nathaniel, who is arguably the mastermind and instigator of all of this, is just standing there with a, well, the world would have ended if she hadn't done exactly what I said, but this is all her fault. Smirk on his face? Nathaniel conveys a lot with that one look. Mama Sue gives the long speech describing how Val being Val just ain't working for them. But Ben sums it up with a Nobody likes bad girls, kiddo. Thankfully, Peter is there to block Johnny's attempt to stand up for bad girls everywhere. After the full court press, Val promises with those very sincere, shark-like, lifeless, black, doll-like eyes not to keep any more secrets anymore forever and ever. Sure. And I have a bridge in an alternate reality to sell you. Speaking of which, what about Doom and that bridge in an alternate reality? Oh, he is still alive. Somehow. The Tim Price, you say? Remember that last thing that Val whispered to him? You may have thought it was the combination for her Unicorn Diary book, but it was actually a plea to stay alive and find the secret gift that Val is leaving for him. That is curious to the old doctor, so he brushes his off-screen death off of himself and takes a look around. <sighs> First, he sees a row of chairs showing the equality of the Council of Reeds. <laughs> Heck with that. He is doomed. So he blasts the dais to make just one throne. Next, he sees the flesh-stripped bones of an alt-reed. An alt-reed that might not have died by Mad Celestial, but from the sword jammed through his ribcage. He also sees that this reed has not one, but two infinity gauntlets. Yoink, yoink. Don't you mean Doom's infinity gauntlets? Next, with a slow chorus of Doom... Doom. Doom. The remaining Doom bots from the fight or the legion of lobotomized Dooms from Ultimensions start to gather around him, chanting his name. Doom. 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 Yes. Here I can build. Well, groovy. Let's talk about the themes of this issue. Let's talk about this cover that we've already mentioned a little bit when we were talking about our beer. And we'll get into the thing of the thing of the thing of things. This is going to be our last FF cover for a while, I am sorry to say. So let's just enjoy it while we can. Jeff, would you like to do the honors? Mm-hmm. It is young Franklin and young Val with juice boxes and, like, potato chip bag. And they're sitting at a small table and they're playing chess with each other. And what's interesting on this is Val looks like the tiny kid she's supposed to be. She looks younger than Franklin. And Franklin looks like he's, like, maybe a seven-year-old boy or something at this stage. But Val looks like a tiny kid, like she's four or something. But they're playing chess. So Franklin has levitated up some of the uh, chess pieces with his, uh, you know, reality powers. And the knight is making an image of armored knight on an armored horse with pageantry on it and everything. It's got, you know, the barding and everything. It looks really great. And then the rook piece is projecting up a full-size castle that has banners and stuff on it. It's an interesting play. So he's just kind of like, hey, we're playing chess. But also, look, I can make the pieces do things. I like this cover. It's a cool cover. I don't think it has really anything to do with this issue. Oh, no. I could see this actually being used a few issues prior where they're really getting into like some of Val's machinations and what Franklin can do. Mm -hmm. This one, I would have rather seen them rebuilding things or them gaping at actually on the in the space station looking at all of the universe past Earth. 
because that's mm-hmm. kind of what this is about is the next step of what we're going to do next of setting up the pieces of what's going on next. It's not about Franklin playing with the pieces. It's about that. That's my opinion, though. Yeah, no, this cover is nothing. There were many different things that they could have done, like you were saying. I think even just there's some art in here with like future Frank and Galactus watching the sunrise on Earth from the moon would have been a great thing to put on for the cover. They could have done any number of things. This is a fun cover. It's great. It's relatively meaningless. But a lot of these uh, FF covers had nothing to do with anything. It's just kind of been True. their default. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's a cool looking cover. Isn't that neat? What does it have to do with stuff? Yeah, it's got <laughs> f- f- FF people in it. Done. <laughs> well, let's get through the book and then let's talk a little bit about the FF overall because we're going to be leaving this for a while. Going through the book, we start off with cleaning up of New York. <laughs> <laughs> okay, New York has suffered a lot. The heroes are cleaning everything up. You know, this is the sac- part of the sacrifice we're going to do. We we help cause this mess. We're going to help clean it up. That's okay. We are suffering too. Our building was absolutely demolished. Oh, hey, you know, the rest of you are suffering. Let me go ahead and get on my easy button and press it. Mm-hmm. That was easy as we just office max up the entire building in a snap of the fingers. <sighs> Unstable molecules. I love comic book science, but oh my gosh, what is the... Can we go back and can we go back to what it was... Back in the 60s where Reed's been doing a little too much experimenting and not enough bookkeeping and oh goodness gracious me, we're going to get kicked out of our mm-hmm. home until we can learn how to properly do our finances. Or, yep. or we have to dispose of this derelict wreck of a building until we can get it rebuilt and we're going to have to move in with blue-eyed things, Aunt Petunia for a little while or something. No, yeah. no, no. We, we're going to press a button and we're going to make the building better than it was before. And also, we are going to get a whole lot more cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good thing that that geosynchronous space station that was being <laughs> built wasn't destroyed when the Celestials came. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read a lot of the JLA or, or anything like that. Or, But isn't this the space station in Justice League? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on here, folks. They're comic books. It's ridiculous. But come on. They tend to not build the next set piece. It has been built in the in-between because the story that the person wants to tell isn't the creation of the device. It is the being at it and using it. And the Fantastic Four stuff is always just, they deal with cosmic everything. So them pushing a button to reset the building to a state that he wants it at. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. Whatever. Okay, he's got a space station now. Yeah, fine. That's great. He had... Read bots make it. I don't know. He wished it into existence. His his last rub on the portal was to make everything better. Who knows? I really like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I like that movie <laughs> a lot. <laughs> the one part in that movie that always made me just say, what are we doing, folks? It's after they crash on that one planet and you see Rocket Raccoon with this giant oversized super soaker sprayer and he's just spraying the ship back together. That's what it was like. It's just like, what's the point? Where is the sacrifice that you are making? Where is Mm -hmm. the actual consequences to any of the actions? Oh, it's not a big deal that Val teleported off the entire top of the building because, you know what? We'll just spray on a couple new floors. Just a replicator gun. Yep. That's kind of the part where I'm like, okay, I guess it gets us back to the story. But I kind of like the slice of life stories, too. I kind of like those other pieces. And I think it's it's a really silly shorthand. And I don't feel that it was earned in mm-hmm. the story. I think there were so many cool things. I would have been more happy with them saying, okay, 
we're going to start the process of getting the building rebuilt. In the meantime, we're going to have to do something else. Hey, that's okay. I've got a backup plan. I was building this space station up here Mm -hmm. as part of our things. We will use that as our temporary headquarters while the construction is going on down here. That would be better. That would be neat. And then it's a, we're going to a thing that was built off screen so that we can stay there for a little bit. So that way we can go back to a thing that was being rebuilt off screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way of doing it. So that way there's no real flow interrupted. You've still introduced all the elements that you want, but it made it a little bit more plausible other than easy button. Yeah. Also, it's... I like to tie in the comic books a little bit with real life, just a little bit. I know that we got fantastical mm-hmm. stuff, but at the same time, we can solve a housing mm-hmm. shortage here. If Reed can do this oh, with yeah. his incredible building, why aren't we solving the homeless problem with it then? It's why is there drought in Africa if storm can control weather? Mm-hmm. You, you start to really stretch out and say, well, why superheroes can resolve all these problems? We have to do a complete suspension of disbelief to go past that. Mm -hmm. And it's not the story that they want to tell for the most part. Here's the thing that I loved in Invincible. Adam Eve actually did move to, I want to say it was Africa. And she, since she has like, she's like, I can alter matter and I can make this not barren land and I can do horticulture and I can increase how things grow. Or she was actually doing that. So they can do that stuff, but it's usually not the focus of the story. That's usually a little dip in thing that they might do from time to time. And that's the thing is most times I'm fine with just not even thinking about it. But when you have, it's a bit of out of character mm-hmm. too. It's like, just like, I'm just going to rebuild this building with this. Then I start asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Doom's alive. I mean, shocked nobody. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I mean, his off-screen death floored me and I was never going to recover because I had, every comic I had ever read in the past like 10, 11 odd years or something between when this came out and comics that I've read have all said that Doom was dead and he was never alive. No, wait, actually I've read many a comic with Dr. Doom in it. I was unsurprised by his off-screen survival. But it does lay some additional fun little toys for, for Hickman to play with. Doom has got himself a couple of Infinity Gauntlets. Oh, lots. His own Doom bots. He's got his own new base of operations and the world does believe he's dead. Yeah, everybody believes he died and he died a hero. Basically, here's what he has inherited. Everything that every alt-read has created. That's his now. He has access to all of the, you know, to their bridge, to their gates, to their home portals, to their everything. He has access to the multiverse now. It's basically his. But everything that the Reed, the Council of Reeds has done, it is now the Parliament of Doom. It is his. Yeah. Fun times ahead for Doom. Fun story opportunities available for Hickman. And I don't know all the mm-hmm. steps that lead up to it, but all of this just has the pinnings for Secret Wars 3. It's like, I can see yeah. how Secret Wars 3 is there in the future, and I can see all of the pieces starting to be laid in place. I just, yeah. I don't know how they all start to fit together, but it's cool to see it all being seeded this early on, which is neat. Oh, no, and that's neat, and I'm glad that you actually mentioned the Secret Wars 3, because I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, wait a minute, because I started extrapolating out. I'm like, Infinity Gauntlets, you have the reality things, he has the multiverse, he can start grabbing pockets of information from everywhere, and he sandwiches a world together out of out of everything. Yeah, this is the, this is the seed for that. And so, yeah, you noticed it too, so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. We probably are going to 
cover it. Alex jumps in and out of those pieces. I'm not sure what we're going to do, but that's a ways away. We have other things we got to do. I mean, we got to get through Val's punishment. Mm, we do. It's going to be a hard <laughs> one. To, it's going to be harsh. It's going to be long lasting. And I'm sure it's really going to take. I like the effort that they're trying to go with here saying, hey, we are going to punish you for this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm I find it to be absolutely hilarious and hypocritical that Nathaniel is standing there because this was his play. He was the one who set this up. He was the one that did this. He made Val orchestrate it all, but this was his plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was the conductor. Even she knows that, Mm -hmm. and she's willing to just sit there and take this. It is weird. It is strange. It's, yes, I can see why they're doing this. Like, you know, you can't play like this, girl. You are... You are not an adult. And yet, at the same time, she's not the one who needs to be talked to. <laughs> no. Well, There's other people that I think need to be talked a to. A lot of... They all... Everybody needed to be talked to. Val needs to be talked to. Nathaniel needs to be talked to. Reed needs to be talked to. Yeah. They all need a talking to. But instead, we got Reed and Nathaniel sitting there just nodding yes, yes, with yep. whatever Sue says. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a case of happy wife, happy life kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Reed probably is going to be in his own doghouse for a while, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why he built a space station. Yeah, yeah, that I can accept that. And he's got all of his uh, negative zone bug buddies hanging out with him, so that way he's got, uh, you know, he can have his time with the boys. Here's the new Baxter building I have built. And see that little shack over there? Yes, that is my doghouse that I have been relegated to. Yeah, yeah that's where I get to live. <laughs> lost it all. I built it all and lost it all in one easy swoop. I think the problem with it was how Val needed it to, to be talked to. But again, like I said, Reed and Nathaniel do as well. But Val does, in fact, need to be talked to. She needs to have a sit down. The way they did it, I thought was it was a little kind of over the top, a little too accusational kind of a thing. It was like in judgment of. It wasn't a family around the couch kind of thing or around like a dinner table sort of thing because it was very much just like there's all of us and we are sitting in judgment as a wall against you who needs to sit in the big stone throne chair that I guess Doom left behind or something. So the vibes weren't good. I consider that that stone chair to be Ben's comfort chair. I can see that. That'll work. I I just honestly saw it as uh, the chair that Doom left behind when he died on that bridge heroically. What a tragedy. (laughs) We'll miss him. Yeah. R.I.P. Doom. He wasn't here that long. How come we have this stone chair all of a sudden? (laughs) Because he's Doom. He shows up at the doctor's office. He brings his own stone chair to sit in. Come on. He takes out the lighting. (laughs) He puts in a bunch of torches. Dude, you're just waiting for five minutes. Doom waits for no man. (laughs) Okay. Like I said, this is where we're going to take a hiatus from this for a while. We are going to come back to it. It's just that there has been some books that have been running a little bit concurrently. So we're going to follow those for a while and then come back in issue, I think, 19 down the ways a little bit. But we want to go ahead and back up a little bit and check out what Julie has been doing over the Avengers Academy for a while. This is a good place to just stop and take a little break and go over and cover those issues and ask the question, What do we feel about the storyline? How do we feel that this worked? Especially where we didn't read all of it. We were kind of picking along, following Alex. How do we like the storyline? What do we think that Hickman did? Do we enjoy it overall? I think it was fine storytelling. It was very grand. It was very operatic. It was very cosmic and spanning. Honestly, really kind of left me flat as well. Mm -hmm. There was a whole lot of motion, a whole lot of noise going on, but... Kind of like substance wise, it was it was a lot more spectacle than meat. Is kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I kind of feel that 
the storyline that he was telling could have easily fit into a good solid six issue arc Mm -hmm. easily, especially old school Marvel storytelling wise. And this was stretched out over a lot of issues, over a lot of different titles. And there was a lot of moving pieces going on. And on some levels, I like the intricacy of the telling storytelling. I like the slow pace of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And especially in trying to set up the next book, Avengers Academy. And I think we're looking at Christus Gage in the Avengers Academy and kind of looking at the density of storytelling in one issue. I'm kind of like, wow, uh, this is going to be a bit of a challenge going from Hickman and the slow paced out books. This is going to be a different animal, different beast, and it's a different writing style. And not to say we haven't seen a couple of other writers. We covered a couple of other issues of things here and there. But it all seemed to flow more or less okay with Hickman's writing style. So I kind of agree with you. I like it overall, but the grands were really high. The pacing could be very, very slow. And overall, it just kind of felt like this could be tightened up a lot. Mm -hmm. But I'm also afraid that if you did tighten it up a lot, you might lose some of what makes Hickman Hickman. You really would. He needs to be able to stretch his legs and he's not an A to B person. He's a A to wander over here to look at this, talk to that old guy over there, find out his life story, kind of wander over here, stop at this that pub that he walked by for lunch. He meanders around for a while to tell the story that he wants where you know, the villain council that they put together for a long time. Yeah. Almost nothing came to, came of that other than it helped create... No, it didn't even really help create the... A couple of small pieces got moved. But yeah, overall, this grand gesture of these villains coming together was kind of neat, but we didn't actually see anything cool come out of it. Yeah, so there was a lot of really big side-sweeping adventures that kind of just then settled down like snow on the ground. So... yeah. But hey, at least Hickman was bright enough to bring Alex in and to incorporate a little bit of power pack into these books so we can talk about them. Yeah, which is wonderful. Yeah. And I, I, don't get me wrong. I like Jonathan Hickman. I like, yeah. I like the stuff that he writes. I've enjoyed many of his uh, different series. Well, then, let's go on and take a look at our final thoughts, including our gallery of greatness. And let me tell you, we got tons of brand new rooms with that are clean of anything on the walls because... A brand new building and all. Am I right? Am I, I right? I'm going to put my so, stuff up on the space fridge. You can go ahead and put it on the space fridge. Only one problem, Jeff. You don't have an elevator to get up there, so it's going to really suck for you. Uh, maybe I'll put it on the Baxter building one. Start maybe swimming just, in the air now, boy. Maybe I'll just huck it Start into the swimming. Maybe swim I'll just huck it into the negative swim. zone. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll hand it to, to Val. We'll chuck it in the negative zone for it. Tell me what your backup joke one is Please. My backup joke is on page 20 of Marvel Unlimited, and I call it Double Yoink. And this is where Doom has seen the skeleton reed that has two infinity gauntlets that has a sword stuck through its ribcage. And he's like, yeah, I'll take those. Yoink, yoink. Yeah. (laughs) Way to steal stuff. And I mean, you know, not like there's anybody else there except his own robot. So, you know, he doesn't need to be sly about it. He's just like, that is mine. It was like him just destroying the three chairs later. It was, there was no reason for it. He's the only one there, but it's for him. It is, but all of this is his. So he's going to make it the way that he wants now. My best one is when the kids get on the magic, magic space elevator and they are flying up to the space station and we get this one panel of Alex. He's just flying up. It's this entire long, thin panel of Alex, and he's flying through and he says, look, and I just called you. You go, Alex. You you just go, Alex. 
We're floating. I don't know why they just singled Alex out on it, but I just looked at it. I was like, okay, here's here's Alex. It's because he was the one that was excited about Reed's lesson, which was go on the roof and we're going to go somewhere. Uh, so, And he was also the only kid that got paid to speak, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was not a lot of SAG cards being handed out for their uh, speaking roles. <sighs> Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and tell me what your top joke one is. Jeff. Page 16 of Marvel Unlimited, and I call it That Chair. And this is the <laughs> big stone throne that Val is climbing up into to be accused. Uh, it just it cracks me up because, again, it doesn't even fit the decor of the room. It is hilarious. I still think it's Doom's throne that he brought in so that he'd have somewhere to sit in the uh, Baxter building. No, I, I can agree with that one. I can completely agree. I think that the chair is ridiculous. I think that watching Val clamor up onto it like a three-year-old would, which is finally nice to see. Great. Mm -hmm. Also funny that if you look at the panel directly above it, you'll find my top joke one. And I call it Val's Trial or the Worst American Idol Ever. <laughs> because we have the shadow of Val coming into the room. And we have Nathaniel, The Thing, Spidey, Johnny Storm, Susan Storm, and Reed Richards. You have very various levels of angry looking, one smug look on one Nathaniel's face mm -hmm. and one mask looked on Spidey's. But you get kind of angry looking and, and judging going on here. So worst American Idol ever. <laughs> I like it. Tell me some good art, man. My backup best art is on page six and I call mm -hmm. it Sunrise. And this is when uh, a boy and his uh, Galactus are floating above the moon watching the sunrise over the earth. And I'm like, that is just glorious. You do like those faraway shots there. I do. I really do. Yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. I, I do like it. I like the simplicity of it. And a little starburst, little sun flare you got going on the side of yep. Earth. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. My backup good art is a couple pages forward from that. And I call it Galactic Space Dust. Oh, I'm just looking at it right now. Yep. This is where Franklin and Galactus are talking and... You got this Kirby Crackle-esque space dust. It's kind of like the cosmos is forming out of the space dust. And it's really hard to describe. You got Galactus kind of in shadows. And this wisp of space dust are going around, which are revealing different planets. It's very trippy, very cool, very artsy. I really like it. There's a good transitions that are going on there. It's, it's a beautiful picture. Yep, that's uh, when future Franklin is kind of talking with this Herald Galactus about like, yeah, because we're going to see the heat death of the universe. And he's just, but there will be something new and, da, 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 and he's just making a universe in front of him just to kind of like emphasize what he's saying. Yeah. Yep. Very, very pretty. Very It cool. is nice. And that's not even my best one or your nope. best one. So what nope. do you got? Well, if you go to page 22, mm -hmm. you will see what I call doom. Yeah, that's the last page. That was my top one, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we have Doom sitting in his only chair, surrounded by the rubble of other chairs next to him. And you have his robots are more humanoid than actually robots. That's why I don't know if they're Doom bots from the fight or the Legion of Lobotomized Dooms from all dimensions. I think they are Doombots left over from the fight, but he's also wearing the gloves, so who knows? I mean, there's a lot of things who we can knows? kind of we can kind of guess in here, but they're very humanoid, and they're all raising their fist, and they're blue, and they're shaking their fist, and Doom is just sitting there with just magnificence, and you see 
doom, 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 just in bright and big letters above him. It's fantastically cool. Yep. Doom minions are chanting his name and it is, it's doom. It's great. I mean, he, he owns whatever room he walks into. Yeah. Yep. He is sitting there and he is just saying, hey, all you losers out there, suck it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I just went into rubber and glue a moment and I might have said my top one. And that was Bentley saying, hey, 13 losers, suck it. <laughs> and that's because he got the number 13 and he was telling them all to suck it. So that was my top <laughs> rubber and glue. It just felt like it was good to roll into that. Jeff, what do you have for a good, good rubber and glue one? Well, my backup is on page eight. It's the end of Franklin and Galactus talking because Franklin's saying, hey, we're going to be together. It's billions of years. Da, 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 don't worry about it. And then he's kind of ends on a, hey, Galen. Yes, Franklin. Be thankful that you never ate the earth. <laughs> Basically saying you would be dead. There would be nothing for you in the future had you eaten earth. Be glad you didn't do it. <laughs> so I just thought that was a very nice, subtle dig at Galactus going, hey, I know you've been wanting to eat this place for a while. Mm -hmm. Kind of a good thing you didn't, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like all yeah. the people told you not to. There's a reason and this is it. Yeah. 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 I agree. That's a good one. My backup one is another dig, another nice dig. It's where Val is narrating and she says, hey, contrast that with my future me. There's something about that lady I'm not sure of. I don't think I like her at all. To which point, future Valeria <laughs> comes back with, right back at you, kid. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Verbalized it at her because she remembered the moment, what she was thinking. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're two distinct different people now. Nothing like a punch and mm -hmm. a parry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what is your top one, sir? My top one has no words. It is on page 19, and it is when Doom sees three chairs of equidistance and height apart. And he destroys two of them so that he has one for himself. So, what you're telling me is that DE, the DEI department does not exist in Latveria? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Him destroying some chairs. He's the only one there and he's still like, no, no one is equal to me. Nobody get, would get to sit next to me if anybody was even here, even if they were clones of me. No, be gone. No. It, made me, it cracked me up. A prima donna doom thing to do. He's so, so sparkle dust. He's so extra. He's so great. So, <laughs> it made me laugh. Well I think we got ourselves a nice selection of rubber and glue moments. But now let's go ahead and talk about Parent of the Year Award. That's right. Our, was it, bi-weekly award that we give for good parenting? The Reed Richards Award for good parenting or bad parenting. I am giving mine to Sue. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and say this is good. I may have mocked it a bit. I may have said that they've got the wrong person they're looking at. But she was leading the confrontation with Val. She has taken the matters into her own hands saying, look, we need to talk about this. We need to bring this up. She was leading this, and I'm going to give her the Good Parenting Award for finally stepping in and saying, no. Yep. We need to parent our child. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not working. Yep. She's also the reason that the heroes were then cleaning up New York. True, true, true. Because everybody this was like, we, we're ready to sit down and take a break now. And she's like, mm -mm, I'm going to tell you what I tell our children. You make a mess, yep. you clean it up. Yep, yep, yep. I so, agree. <laughs> I agree. Who do you have as parent of the year? I'm going for future Franklin. Oh, really? Okay. His interaction with Franklin, talking to him, he was doing a really good job talking to his kid self, you know, where it's just like, like Franklin's, you know, going, oh, I'm going to call you Mr. Franklin. Hey, as long as I can call you kid Franklin. Yeah, awesome. Hey, here's a secret I've never told anybody. I want to, I've always wanted my own Galactus. Hey, I know. Yeah. You know, it's just like, so he was great interacting with himself as a kid. He was really great interacting with Galactus later. He's like, come on, we're going to go into space. We're going to have a little talk. You and me, come on, come on, kiddo. We're going to go into 
going to space, we're going to have a little, we're going to have a little chin waggle. We're going to watch the sunrise. We're going to, I'm always going to be there for you, son. I'm always going to be there. You're not going to be going through alone. Hearing Galactus like confiding in him. And he was like, when Galactus is saying, I know that the end is coming in the future. And I've always known that I was going to face it alone. And he, he didn't like that thought. He was like, I don't want to be alone. And then to have Franklin go like, but you're not going to be. I'm going to be yeah. there with you every step. It's just like, yeah. wow, What he's being a parent to Galactus. It's wonderful. So This Franklin didn't get to spend that much time with Reed, so he probably learned the right way to parent. <laughs> yeah, by all the time he spent with Nathaniel. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> look at what I'm doing to parent you and do everything <laughs> that's in the outline. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about most popular, most shunned. Identify the character who has the best and the worst in the issue. Jeff, who is your worst? He says as if he doesn't know. Man, it is an easy default answer. I'm going for Val. Yeah. Going for yep. Kid Val. Just Val. My, my note says, y'all won. Why don't you take a chill pill, girl? Yeah. Just. <laughs> just. Oh, the world survived. So I get and my brother did it. So I guess I got to live through this for a while. Mm, yeah. This is stupid. Uh, uh, being a hero is dumb and you got to do stuff and your things have broken. Uh, yeah. Just. Wow, whine a little bit more. Hey, Reed made specialized inhabitations for all the kids. So that way, like, the moloids could have their little kind of rock quarries and the fish people could have a tank. And she's like, I bet they poop in the water. Okay, you know what, Val? You're done. You're done. You are done. We are done with you. Just Mrs. <laughs> Sour Grapes. Just, wow, find the cloud behind every silver lining. Well done. That should have been what they were talking about. Not like, okay, here's all the things you did with your grandfather. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Now let's talk about your attitude. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what we need to talk about. Let's talk about bestest, 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 because I had Val too. Best, Future Frank? Future Frank is wonderful. I was thinking mm -hmm. about double dipping on him for parenting and best character, but I am going to say the best in this one was Doom. Okay. He okay. survived I his off-screen death. He has gained the all the realities. Everything that the Reeds have built is his now. Okay. He's got two infinity stones. He's got an army of followers. He can build here. It's Doom. Doom okay, is best. I, I can see that. I can see that. I can respect that. I went with Future Franks because I just love the moments with Galactus. Oh, I yeah. mean, end of the day, that for me was, was tops, tops, tops. It felt a little bit easy for Doom to just dust himself off and oh, say, yeah. hey, 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 spoils of war, baby. But I can respect <laughs> it. But I can respect it where you're coming it, from there. And again, I my original thought was double dipping on Frank. Yeah. And I just, but I, but I was kind of, I just said, I decided not to. All just because right. Doom's right. back. So there we go. I gave it to him. Let us rank this thing. Top grades. Where do we want this in our list of bookie, bookie books? Number one, month of mourning. Johnny Storm's funeral. Spot number 14, Julie becomes an actress for a hot second in Loners. Spot number 25, Franklin makes Galactus his hero. Issue we covered before this, Fantastic Four number 604. I think we'll be coming back as a spotting point for that one. Spot number 36, Fantastic Four number 580. Fantastic Four, Frank, Leech, and Artie versus Arcade and the Impossible Man. Yeah, that issue. And we know, <laughs> bottom of the list, we still have Julie in the hospital. She is still in the hospital at the bottom of the list. Bummer. Okay. Like I said, let's go on back up to where we were at with the 25. Yeah, for 25. Thank you very much. In the middle of our list, anyway. So it's a good place to start. This is the wrap-up. This is kind of yes. the finale. This is this is tying up the few loose ends of the story. It does have the really cool doom at the end moment. 
Mm-hmm. But it I the, don't. It has the nice moment between, you know, moment three pages yeah. or something with Franklin and Galactus. That was nice too. Yeah. None of that meets what we had for Frank making Galactus as Harold. Mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. think that's a key part of that last book. Oh, and along amazing. with everything else that was going on. So I think that we are going to be going below this a bit. I could be okay with a touch below. They're, they're fairly similar. They're both fairly similar. I'm looking down here, and I don't think it goes below New Warriors Volume 1, Annual 1, To Bounce or Not to Bounce, where Speedball does dumb stuff. I no. like that issue a lot. I think that's really fun. Mm-hmm. But I this is a little bit better than that. This has got a little more substance, but not much. I think we are in the right spot, because this feels correct. Somewhere in the 26-27, then, huh? Yeah. 26, Runaways are told by Gert from the future to beware of Victor. 27... Runaways hunt down Victor, and he he discovers that he has powers, so he throws a bleacher at him and stuff. God, that was good, actually. (laughs) That was actually good. There's a lot of good stuff in that. You know what? This feels like the right spot, though. I I think it actually goes between the speedball and the and the Runaways. We could do that. I'm actually feeling that this is probably the new 28 here. I just I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think that's the right spot for it. It's good. It's got a couple of good moments in here. We got some reckoning with Val, which is nice, but yeah, it's a good wrap-up issue. I, mm-hmm. I think that's in the right spot. It's a good mid-tier issue. All right, all right, all right. I think we're done talking about this comic, which means... Talking about beer. Talking about beer. We have, mm-hmm. from Iron Maiden, Trooper, Light Brigade. How are you liking this? I'm liking it okay. I went and uh, upended the bottle into uh, my glass to give it a little top up. And man, is that just filled with sediment. So <laughs> it is a very chunky beer now. Well, why don't you be a little more careful with your pouring, sir? Uh, because I didn't know that there was going to be as much sediment in there. I was uh, surprised by the trooper's mud that he tracked through. It's a horse that is tromping around outside. Of course, there's sediment. How do you like its yeah. drinkability? There's that. It's very drinkable. I'm enjoying it. It hasn't changed its profile really at all. It's very simple to drink. It is not all that challenging. It knocks on your door and then it's just pleasant. It's a pleasant guest. It's it's a good 3-5 for me. It's not, the flavor profile is not screaming like, oh, hey, this is really good. But it's very decent. I am enjoying it. So a good 3-5 for me. I think I'm going to join you on that 3-5 island. I think that that's about right for me too. I think this is an enjoyable beer. I think it's an interesting beer. It's kind of fun. But mm, same time, I think that I, I think that I've had a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I definitely would probably drink this again, though. Oh, I would totally drink it again. It's just like a comfortable old sweater beer. Yeah. It's like, it's a little chilly. I want I want something to just put on a nice warm, you know. It's not even a heavy coat. It's just like that good in-between kind of coat where you're like, oh, this is just perfect. I can, for being inside and I can walk outside for a while. I'm comfortable. It's cozy. That's what this beer is. Okay. And that leads us to another thing that I find to be really, really cozy, and that is Kid's Perspective, and that is where Rick talks to his 12-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you doing tonight? Good, and you? I'm all right. I'm all right. We are going to chat about FF16. This is going to be our final Fantastic Four book for a little while. Yay! We're going to leave Alex. We're going to talk about another Power Pack character. Julie. Yeah, that's right. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was my first guess, because I don't think Katie and Jack appear that much. No, they really don't. (laughs) They're like, we exist. Okay, now we don't really exist. (laughs) We appear whenever our siblings appear, because they're the older and more popular, I guess. (laughs) Well, we will get to that next time. 
for this time, we're going to say goodbye to Alex and everybody else. And we've got this one last FF issue. There, there's other FF issues, which we will get back to. But this seemed like a good break to go to another book. What did you think about this book? The cleaning up of everything, the wrapping up of everything. Well, they did literally cl- clean up their mess. Yeah. They really needed to do. They did. And I'd like you to take note of that book. And I'd like you to take something from that book and possibly clean up your mess more. I mean, I'm saying this the day after you and your friend made cupcakes in our kitchen and cleaned everything up without us telling you to. So I guess I can't complain too much. I'm going to keep that memory in my mind. And whenever, whenever you tell me to clean up my mess, I'm going to tell you that even though it won't help at all. At all. I can't talk. At all. This is the joys of being a parent right here. Right here. Nope. (laughs) All right. So the kids cleaned up the mess and they were complaining much like kids like you do. do whenever they complain. Who is complaining the most in this book? Val, but it's also kind of her book, so... <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. What do you think about Val and everybody's treatment of her and her interactions with some people in this book? What do you think about all of that? Well, to be honest, she's kind of a jerk, but... <laughs> <laughs> Who else thinks she's a jerk? Her older self. Yes, her older self thinks that she's a jerk. <laughs> Her older self got better. She got better. Yeah, but right now she can't be trusted, can she? No. What did you think about everybody in the family? To be honest, Franklin Uh was really carrying on about it. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it wasn't even him. It was older him. I mean, sure, like, celebrate now while you're a child, while you have all the bragging rights, but, like, he was really like, who's awesome? Me, me, me. <laughs> well, Everybody, look at me. I'm so awesome. He gets to have Galactus as his herald. Of course he's awesome. I'm not <laughs> going to let him deny that. He saved the world. He saved his dad. He gets a moment in the sun. Val can just sit down and be quiet for a while. <laughs> well, she was quiet. It's not in her head. Yeah. She's just staring brutally. <laughs> <laughs> she also said that she wanted to kiss Bentley. I mean, that's just disgusting, isn't it? Didn't Bentley have a crush on her? I think Bentley's got a crush on her, yeah, but still. But, like, how old is Bentley? Like, I feel like they're, like, six years apart. They probably are (laughs) about six years apart, but, like, I keep trying to tell you that after a while, once you get past your 20s, it kind of doesn't matter much anymore, so let it go. It's just gross that she Mm. wants to kiss Bentley, because I think Bentley's gross. Yeah, she's probably going to get Bentley cooties. (laughs) No, they belong together. One's just a jerk, and the other one's a jerk. Beautiful. (laughs) I guess older her is not that much of a jerk. She calms down. Yeah. She mellows down. Hopefully Cleo will, too. I kid. (laughs) What do you think of their cleaning up efforts? How they clean up the the city, how they rebuild their building, and the cool new toys they've got? What do you think about all that? Well, throwing them into a portal to another world sounds good. It seems like a very easy way to clean up your garbage, doesn't it? Yeah, especially because, like, they like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a scavenger society. Woo! What about rebuilding the building? I mean, it's just one press of the button. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it okay? (laughs) It's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, now the the fish people get to have a water tank, and now they have no longer future foundation outfits. It's kind of changed a little bit more to the numbers. Yeah, what do you think about the numbers? Everybody getting their own number. First of all, may I mention, Mm -hmm. Alex has lucky number seven. Yep. I mean, after Franklin and Valeria, 
he gets number seven. That's pretty cool. I mean, he's yeah. he's not down on the list of numbers. He's he's right past the family. He is he is next in line if after the family all dies to get the the crown. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Also, lucky number seven, and and Bent is unlucky number thirteen. I don't know. He seems pretty happy about that. Of course, he seems happy about it. He's Bentley. <laughs> He's got Bentley cooties. Of course he's happy about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll be able to keep track of people a little bit better now, which would be nice. Yeah, let's just start referring to Alex as number seven. Okay, we'll try to do that. Number seven and his unnumbered siblings. Yup. I guess they could just go in the order, like, I don't know. <laughs> Julie could just be two because she's the second well, oldest sibling. But she's not a Fantastic Four member, so she doesn't get one through four already nope. taken. I guess so. She's got to be hmm. 7.2. Alex yeah. should be 7.1. She'd be 7.2. 7. 7. 2, and then Jack is 7.3 and Katie is 7.4. We need to send a message to Alec, or to, uh, we, we need to send a message to Jonathan Hickman and tell him that we've got this figured out for him. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Simple. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about about this book? <laughs> um, no, I think I'm good. Oh, wait, I like the cover. Oh, you like the cover? That, okay. Yeah, I like the cover. Why do you like it the cover? It looks cool. Because it requires a level of fantasy and imagination. I approve. And what game are they playing? Chess. Yes. I was just curious because I've never really sat down and taught you that game because I just don't no, think you it just, care. No, it just looks like chess because checkers is different. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Chess is more like medieval style and checkers is more dots on a board. You heard it here fo first, folks. This is how we describe the difference between checkers and chess. Medieval versus dots. This is actually how I describe it. <laughs> you could probably have a completely different way of done of describing it. I think we need to move on. Thank you very much for your time, <laughs> Carrie. I love you very much. Love you too. So what kind of room would you want in the new Baxter building, Carrie? I bet it would be a giant hamster trail with tunnels and spinner wheels. I might be wrong, but maybe that's what I want and I'm projecting. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I'd like to know what the people that listen to the show think, though, and that brings me to Shout Out Time, where we recognize those people that do take time and do write in and do leave us a review. So this is for episode 141, FF number 14, 27 minutes, Al Sedano and his podcast, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Amateur Crastinator. Descubra Libros. Jeremy Daw. Truth, Justice, and Hope. Promocos y Coupons. Renaridian.dev, a.k.a. Comic Deep Dive. And if those seem a little strange, a little odd, well, we started to get into Blue Sky, and so we got some people that liked us on Blue Sky, so thank you. <laughs> thank you very, very much. And we want to thank those people that give us a couple of bucks here and there to keep doing our show, and they get to listen to our wonderful Patreon-only episodes where we cover alternate versions of Power Pack. And that includes adorably astonishing and amazing Adra Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Bollier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Zalibar Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky 
Wind. Next issue. We're going to cover Avengers Academy from 2010, issue number 20. Endings. And we'd like it if you checked out the Longbox Crusade Network. I've got a show on there that's in hiatus at the moment called Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, but I'd appreciate an old listen. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. And we also have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Merck Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of a guy who's been in his basement way too long in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Merck Present. Blue Sky at Jeff and Rick Present. Our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present. Our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content go to heroinitiative.org to find out more please rate and review us wherever you can tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media and as always we want to thank the powerful people in our packs my wife cindy and our daughter carrie my fiance hillary and our daughter aurora we We love love you you. until next time costumes Costumes off. off our theme music is 80s action by kevin mcleod also featured in this episode is Bounce by Sasha Ende. All music is found at Compitech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. What the... What twum... Doom. 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 Colorist. (laughs) Chili burp. Doom. 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 I don't know if you can hear me or not, but you are absolutely frozen. (laughs) 